What's up, my good people? What's up, my good people? What's up, my good people? We are back. A short break is back. Happy New Year. This is our first show of the new year, and we are we are up for a really good one, an exciting one, and I'm really happy to have our good brother Law to talk about his friend. Uh, it, it's it's going to be dope. It's going to be a good time, and I'm so excited. So with that being said, we have to bring up our lovely, talented, amazing co-host who has to make a move real quick because so we're going to throw her up. Here we go. Come Hi. On. Hey, everybody. Happy New Year. Oh, yeah. my God. This is so funny. This is hilarious. This is green hair. Y'all see how it's in the background? <laughs> I'll put it to stack so y'all won't think what is going on with her. Happy 2021, everybody. Happy 2021. Hey, everybody. Hey, while you're here, let's get a shout out. To, let's 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 get a, a check in from where you are. Where, yes. where, where is everybody? Because I definitely want to know where y'all watching from. What part of the Americas are y'all from? Well, listen, because it's looking like we got two Americas right now. OK. Um, <laughs> so what part of America y'all in? <laughs> <laughs> Woo, it's almost about to be a north-south situation again. Listen, yeah. listen. Um, some people don't know about the Mason Dixon line. It seems like it's about to come back. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see you are wearing a certain hue today. What your your colors today? Is it representing something that you know is is it part of because it's supposed to be somebody's day. Somebody's Founders Day out here, right? No. Well, yesterday was um, my brother's Phi Beta Sigma um, Fraternity Incorporated was their Founders Day. My Founders Day is January 16th for Day Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated. But these are not our colors. Our colors are royal blue and white. I'm currently repping another color. But I love red. So, but now this shirt actually says um, produced by a black woman. Um, and I like the red one. So I was like, oh, this is nice. They didn't have a blue one. But no, I really like red. I like red. Well, you know what? Later on in the show, we're gonna have somebody else repping that same color. And she's doing it for another reason. But we go, we're gonna get to that later. So yeah, my good people, let's check in. Let us know where you're from. Let us know where are we in Brooklyn or we in New York or we in, uh, are we in South Carolina, North Carolina, we in DC, Washington State, London. We international around here, man. So we're gonna, you know, we we really appreciate our check-ins and our folks. We want to see where our family at. This is our first show from the top of the top of the year. So we gotta get into this year real smooth and real, you know, nice like, you know. Yes. I like those braids though. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm excited. <laughs> I know a different look. I know everybody's usually with me, my natural hair. But I was like, listen, it's the holidays. It's the holidays. And we're going to and you know we got some real, some real, real, real cool things coming along uh, this year with uh, uh, forty nine ten. You, I, I can't wait to our good people see what we've been working on and cooking up. Yes, yes. But let's talk about let's talk about you know some top topics and things that's happening. I know. Are you going to be able to be with us, or you got to go be amazing? I can do one hot topic. <laughs> we get you a one hot topic right yes. now. Yes. Y'all, I'ma just come. I'ma hop in. I'm coming right back. Oh, and this is my favorite hot topic. Listen, I know you all have. I you have to have seen the trailer, okay? Of Malcolm and Marie. Listen, starring John David Washington and Zendaya, honey. Listen, when I heard it, I was like, "That's his daddy." I said, "His daddy is playing this role." I said, that's daddy, because it's not John David Washington, it's Denzel Washington, and it's so crazy hearing him in this. I mean, although he's been in Ballers, he didn't really sound like his father when I watched him in that, but this 
he was giving us his daddy, but um, he is himself and I'm really excited. And this is the film that they did at the beginning of COVID and everybody was like, why are they still filming? But it actually ended up being them pre-COVID. They didn't even know that they were already abiding by COVID laws. There was only two people in the movie. Oh, so. You know what you said? I haven't seen it yet, but uh, his, his uh, I watched Tenet the other day. Yes. And you and you said on sounding like his pops. I was like, is that it? If you close your eyes and, and watch Tenet, you're like, Denzel was in this movie. <laughs> yes, I believe it. I believe it. So that was my one hot topic for today, y'all. I will see y'all in a little bit. Ella, I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Emma has to go. See you later. See you later, Emma. Can't wait to you, uh, hop back on later. She has to go be amazing. I promise you, she's leaving for an amazing reason. So that's really dope. But yeah, this, this movie's in black and white. I haven't got a chance to check it out. Shout out to our sponsors, our media partner, uh, Black Film and TV. We really appreciate you good people and our relationship is always a good time. Again, top of the year, we got to show love. So that's our first hot topic. Second one, we got to give some love out to our folks. We got to give a love out to our St. Louis family. And we got another St. Louis person on the show later today, but we're going to give some love out to the good brother, Eric Rohn and Cedric the Entertainment, Thomas, Thomas Q. Jones. These brothers got a show going on, an EP by the good sister, Risha Archibald. And, uh, and, and, and this is just all love. This is all love. We appreciate this. I love hearing things like this because folks, are making things happen. People are keeping it moving. Y'all know Thomas from uh, the shows that he's done with uh, on Netflix. When he's in, a, he actually jumped into the Marvel universe. Uh, he he's he's been making it making it happen. You know the Jets. We are. If you're a football fan, you know him. Uh, you know him from just Gang Green and pounding that uh, pounding that pavement. That man's a beast. And these two St. Louis luminaries, Cedric and, and and Eric, these brothers are great. Shout out to Eric. Rome, that's a, a, a good brother who's always had his line open for his uh, St. Louis brother and sister who's in the entertainment industry making things happen and said always there making uh, making moves. So shout out to them. Shout out to Risha. She's getting things done. Risha's also part of the team that's going to bring us Target St. Louis Volume 1 that we'll be putting out uh, real, real soon, our documentary that focuses on uh, secret chemical testing on poor St. Louis residents uh, during the Cold War era. It's a it's a trippy headed documentary. We ain't got to go down there about that right now. But we just wanted to make sure that we had a chance to shout those good brothers and sisters out. And again, it's STL three one four all day. So we gotta you know show love to the home team and the family team for sure for sure. Uh, I can't wait to see this. And let's not. Oh wait a minute. We cannot forget the lovely Kalila Joy, who is who's in this as well. Kalila is dope. Kalila is dope. I've been watching this sister's trajectory for a long time. We, uh, is have Kalila and I worked together? I don't think so. In other, we have worked together. I did a, I did a, uh, uh, a thing about um, if I should die by the hands of the police, and we address these you know social issues that we're going to be talking about, and pretty much we we're going to be addressing social issues all day today. So if you if you're not about that life, still stay tuned because you need to be about that life because things is happening. I haven't seen nobody check in yet, but let us know where you where you checking in from. And the next one that's up is from our media partner is this right. I'm just going to let that sit for a second. Banner year for black women directors. That's amazing. 
I'm really, really happy and really proud that this is this is happening. This is coming to the forefront. And I kind of want to toot a short break's horn. Uh, we're about 21 episodes in at this point, and we are proud to say that we are about even when it comes to our filmmakers, half and half. We've had half uh, male and half uh, women directors, and that's what we're about, like pushing the line, pushing these people. It's about the art. It, it is about the art, and we have to have uh, um, diversity and inclusion in every situation because that's what represents. Uh, that's what's the, the you know that's what's representative of the world. So we try to keep it worldly around here, and not this made-up land that doesn't really somehow. There's no you know people of color directing things. That's weird. But uh, but we're we're in the, we you know we're making it happen. Oh, we got some we got some people who's checking in. We got New Orleans in the house. Uh oh, shout out to Nia. Thank you for checking in, Nia. We have Kathy of L.A. We got Los Angeles jumping in. We got L.A. We got New Orleans. Keep them coming, folks. Keep them coming so we can see see our folks that's jumping in. You know what? Without further ado, I'm going to bring up our director, our person, our director, writer, this good brother, Law. He's going to, Law, would you come in and let me see if you got something to say about some of these topics. What's up, Law? How you doing, brother? Damien, thank you so much. Good to be here. Good to be here. Man, thank you for coming. Your film is so important, but we're going to get to that a little later. I'm, I was so happy when I was able to see this film, and I was like, this film has to be on the short break. It has, it has to be. This is, all, this is everything that we're about. So uh, you, got, you got any thoughts about this, man? You know, this this one that's up right now, this banner you ever having? Yeah, I mean, man, I think it's amazing. And, and you know... I'm hoping that it's not a fad. I'm hoping that the groundwork that's been laid, you know, to have to usher in this, you know, greater level of talent is something that is is solidified. You know what I mean? And then it, we're we're to the point where that can be self sufficient. These black women directors can usher in other black women directors, um, black LGBTQ directors, black male directors as well. Because I mean. Yeah, most of the folks I know in Hollywood are women, so I'm looking for the <laughs> looking for the help as well. Me too. The, like the women are really, really infiltrating yeah. the executive boards of things right now. And you know what we do know about women? Well, talk about women. What I do know about women is that women normally, uh, from my experience, include everyone. Mm -hmm. When they get in positions of power, they don't just hold it and just hold it for their crew. They make they kind of level out the playing field, kind of like kind of like in American politics. That's a good mm -hmm. way, you know, because mm -hmm. look what Stacey Abrams did. They yeah. jerked, they jerked her out of Georgia, and she jerked them out of the United States. That's right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I so, love it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. And right. she leveled the playing field, and look at what we're able to do. Got Biden in there, and so we got to shout out. I, I shout out to our black women in particular. Love you. And thank you for making this happen because it was a banner year for black women directors. And let's keep this going. Let's keep our black women executives. You can't because those are the people who usher in everybody. They, they don't have all these hangups that a lot of our, uh, we're just going to say male counterparts do have. Mm -hmm. uh, especially the ones that are not in, not in the culture or not looking to be inclusive. Uh, right. Go in and to level the playing field. Wait a minute. I got to give a shout out though, real quick to the sister. Sister, look at Numa. Got the sister Numa that's doing her, doing her thing. It was some real D Reese over here. 
I mean, this is a Virginia. I cannot wait to see one night in Miami. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great things, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. We got some people checking in with your brother, Bo. Check it out down there. Say shout out to the law. Oh, oh, yeah. It's my man, Shy. Okay. I let you say it because I was trying to get it together. Well, Synetical Muse, he's an artist, man. He's a visual okay. artist, man. We started out. He used to try to draw comics. We were trying to draw comics. He stuck with it. Uh -huh. So, yeah, that's dope. It's there dope. We, there we go. We got, oh, we got VA in the house. Okay, there, there, that's a good brother checking in from ZBA. Yep. Okay, we, we got Nia saying some y'all always love and support black women. Big up. There we go. We try. We work at it. That, that is that is a effort that we make it a point to keep it going with. Because mm -hmm. uh, we because I mean, we all we got really seriously when it all when it's all said and done we are all we got. So we got to make sure that we support each other and push each other in every single way, shape, form, or fashion. You know. Uh, so, brother, how you been? How you holding up in New York? I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Just uh, trying to put my nose to the creative grindstone and, uh, you know, keep things moving. Keep things moving, for yeah. sure. Hey, you know, so we do this thing, brother, because we, we want people who don't know you to know you um, and, and get to know you even better. Uh, so, and, and then this also helps out. This also helps out our uh, aspiring filmmakers that's watching us right now. So we, want, we do this thing called From the Beginnings, right? It's called From the Beginnings, and it helps us get to know you a little better, so we ask you a couple questions. So here's one of them. Here's, here we go, a short break, From the Beginning. Got you on a hot seat. This ain't gonna be too painless, man. It's okay. gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be too, too painful. It's too painless, okay. <laughs> know, right? It's gonna be painless. Okay. So, first question. Who was the first mentor that helped push you in the right direction, brother? Oh, wow. I'm glad you asked that question. Um, to, believe it or not, it's a guy named Peter Engel, um, who is the creator of Saved by the Bell and all those shows. Um, an older white Jewish man. And um, he uh, came to be the dean at uh, Regent University, which was where I was in grad school at for a while. And um, yeah, I mean, I was really, a, a, you know, a go-getter. And I just stormed in his office with a script, you know, because all I know is you came from Hollywood and I got a script. And from there, um, he was really good about, you know, just trying to point me in the right direction. And even when he left and he went back to LA to, to do some things, you know, he filmed it like a little promotional thing for me, hopefully that maybe I get an agent from it, you know. Yeah, so I appreciate that. So so that brother was a, was a real advocate for you, right? He made it yeah. easy. He pushed and helped you out. That's that's beautiful, man. Yeah. That's beautiful. Again, and, and that's and that's real. We got advocates from every all around, man. Don't block your blessings. That's, yeah. that's the biggest thing. Another yeah. question. Another, what was the first camera you ever shot on? Oh, man. Oh, it was a Sony... Oh. It was the little Sony 24P camcorders. They first came out, I, I guess that would have been 99. Um, and we were in film school. They were silver and they came in this like shiny silver case. And I still remember the smell of that camera. It was, I'm new to film school and the sounds that it made, like the beeps and the, you know, the, the, the indicators. I still remember it to that day. It's like, it, it just takes me back. But the thing that, and I'm not 100% sure about it, but I believe 
it's the same camera that Spike Lee shot Bamboozled with, um, which is one of my favorite Spike Lee movies. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. We're going to take two seconds to, to praise Bamboozled. Yes. I don't, I don't understand how some people don't like that film. I got the correct yeah. account. Yeah. I do not understand how some people do not like that film. Right. That film was so socially, socially on point. Yes. Uh, was it Damon Wayans? In, yep. well, that was Genius in that film. Yeah. Genius yeah. in that film. Yeah. That film was so dope. Um, I think, what was the other one that came out that was kind of on the other, had Nicole, um, what's the sister? Uh, um, it was about, it was on the other end, like in the writer's execs. It came on, was it sometime in April or something? It, it, it kind of was on the same theme of Bamboozle, where the brother who came in, I forgot the name of it. Yes, yes. Was, uh, yes. Was, was uh, Tony Danza in that one? As an executive, yeah, I think? Executive in it. Yes. Was that my robot? Was that not my It was um, uh, the, the couple. Um, my, my, my couple. My the the kills. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. yes, 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 yeah, yeah, I remember that film. Yeah, I, I, that's how good Bamboozle was. I yeah. think it inspired another film. No, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, Bamboozle was, was hard-hitting, it was unapologetic. That, yeah. in my opinion, when they talk about the filmography of Spike Lee, I don't know how people just don't include that as one of them. 100%, 100%. To me, as a, as a student filmmaker, because that was like my first year in, in film school, like I was like, yo, like it was artistic. It was what I aspired to kind of do, and it, yeah, that kind of storytelling is still evident in what I do. So, yeah, yeah that man told he told a story from his point of view, and I appreciate it because I think that's what every artist should do. You tell yeah. a story from your point of view, and once it's out to the world, it's out to the world, and it has its own interpretations per the per the individual who's watching it and consuming it. But as long as you get your point of view out. Your heart right. out, your opinion out, what you want to do, then you're true to yourself. And I appreciate Spike for that. And that was yeah. that was a really dope, dope, dope film. We had uh we got a couple more people jumping in. Oh, that's our oh, that's our gaming. Yo, our YouTube people, our YouTube people. I know last year we were getting a couple of uh, feedback that we wasn't giving shout outs to our people that's watching on YouTube. Shout out to our folks that's watching on YouTube. How y'all doing? Thank you for watching. You know, that type of thing. So we're gonna get we're gonna hit you with one more question, bro. You ready? You okay? I'm ready. You ready? Okay. Let me get to it. Do, 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 do. All right. Which one should we go? You know what? Well, we actually, when did you realize you were a director and how did you get the money to film your first short film? Uh you know, it's funny. Uh, well, it was film school. Uh, so I knew, I can't say that I knew I was a director then, but I knew I wanted to be. Like, I, I know the evolution of like how it started. I remember being um, an undergrad at Hampton University. Shout out to my pirates, blue and, right, blue and white. And um, I was a poli sci major and I'm about to leave and I'm worried about my future. So I was going to go into teaching because there are no jobs for political scientists. And um, I saw The Matrix that year. And I saw The Matrix again, and again, and again, and again. And I wanted to do that. Um, so I knew the only way that I could do it was to go somewhere where they were teaching it. And I managed you know, to find a film school. Um, as far as being a director, it, it took a while. Because at first, I was just picking up the camera, just trying to 
this is, you know, put on the, the screen what was in my head. And I didn't know whether or not that was just a director or, or, or what. I was just trying to say, this is what I want people to say. This is where I want them to go. This is what I want them to look like. Um, but yeah, the, the director thing was a journey. It was a journey. And the money to, to, to film the first thing was just, you know, really was no money. You know, you're in film school and, and you, uh, they give you a camera and some lights and you just uh -huh. grab your buddies. And they don't even ask you for craft services when you're like 20. You know, they don't expect anything out of you. They just want to be on TV. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, man. Shout out to the independent hustle. You know, I shout out to the independent grind, man. Yeah. Uh, look, was that that was that that bad? Look, at it was that. bad. Most people aren't that interested in me, so I'm happy. <laughs> I was feeling, actually felt good to say some of that stuff. Good stuff, bro. Hey, you know, what are those are those swords behind you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Those uh. Yeah, those are my swords. I got a couple over here. That was like my thing, you know, coming up. I was like, I want a, I want a screenwriting room where I can like put all these swords. You know, I used to collect them, have nowhere to put them, and my wife would be like, "You're crazy. Where are you gonna put those things? I don't want them in my house." So I, she, I got didn't, Dave. she didn't want them in her house until the apocalypse possibly don't come. Now oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. See, she doesn't watch The Walking Dead. I do. So. <laughs> So you're like, yeah, we, we, we good, I promise you. We yeah. don't run out of words, but right, we don't right. run out of the dice, baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. what's up, man. So I, we, we are about to get going with your film, my good brother. So I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to say a couple words, and then I'm going to bring you up so you can uh, introduce your film, then go from there. All right? All right, sounds good. All right, my good people. Hello, everyone. Again, a short break is back. We're really excited to uh, be back for this year. We have some really, really um good films coming out i know we kind of spoke about the project that our st louis counterparts are making happen we have actually a director geno smith who's going to be coming up and uh showcasing one of his shorts and he's also directing in that uh that bounce show that's being produced by cedric the entertainer and all those good folks so we're making it happen over here because we want to highlight and showcase our good filmmakers and all those type of things so you are on it you are at a short break if you don't know and we'd like to look at this as the intersectionality between the audience and filmmaker what we like to do is have the filmmaker give us a commentary of his film after we all watch it so we all get to sit sit back get comfortable and then we're going to run this film and then after the film we're going to run the film again, but we're going to put it in silence. And then that's when the short breaks, a short break begins, when the director and ourselves and the audience can ask questions and have you know a real dialogue about what's going on, kind of like sort of an old school DVD commentary where we can have a, a warm discussion. So we're going to bring up our good brother Law so he, can say, so he can say a couple things before we start his film, and then we're going to hop right into it. So Law, what would you like to say, brother? Uh, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. I want to thank everybody who supported the film. Um, I, I want to thank everybody who appreciates the message for the film. And I do hope that it resonates and that we can really have a serious discussion about what the next step of justice looks like or, you know, for better or for worse, what, what could it look like if we don't, you know, have the change that we have been protesting for all summer. Wow, man. Wow, wow, wow. Um, yeah, wow, bro. Uh, so, man, we got a lot to unpack and a lot to get into because I even saw some zip ties that we just saw on national news a couple days ago. So, 
yeah. this is going to get good. We're going to jump to this. So, my good people, this is the a short break moment that we spoke about earlier where we replay the film and we're going to sit and have a conversation. And Law has his cast, cast with him, and people that were part of the film is going to bring up with him as well. Um, so, we're going to get going and we're going to get started on a short break. And, Law, how you doing, brother? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. I'm thinking. I got a couple questions for you off the rip. Technical questions that I want to speak to you because you handled this like a true tour. It, it felt like your angles and your and, 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 and some of the your your shot selection was so on point. Uh we gotta bring well, we're gonna um yeah, we're just so so on point. Um we'll probably get started. We're gonna bring up our bring up our co-host Emma J. Emma, hey. Hi. Hey Emma. Hey everybody. There we go. Um, wow. So we're going to get started. Without further ado, we're going to start a short break. So from the beginning, bro, um, first, would you like to bring up anybody, introduce anybody with you that you have with you? Yeah, 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 I do. I do. I have, uh, I believe, Genia Lear Morgan is here, um, who plays the Black Woman in Mourning. And Jamie Ragusa, I believe, is here as well, still, who played... <laughs> tied up the district attorney's wife yeah and uh i think that may be all we have no sure. we have one more brother we have one more I'll, exactly. bring, I'll pop them up for you bye-bye oh <laughs> okay now yep that's our district attorney okay now we're about to have a discussion now, now we're cooking with grease now we're um, cooking with grease a question what it started from the introduction first i love the graphics that you have on there i love how you you put your uh i love the, uh, the illustration with the body layout and the, Im the imagery of, of, of and all the other people that were that were uh victims why did you want to start off that way um i mean i think you know with a short film it's important to try to you know jump in in a way that you know uh that seizes the attention of the folks enough uh and you know, at first I was experimenting with photos in general and video, um, but of course, you know, not having the kind of money to license that stuff from Getty meant that I had to try to figure out some other creative ways to um, let people know from jump, this is what this film is about. Um, so the, the, the news recordings were always going to be a part of it. The news clipping, you know, that kind of stuff was always going to be a part of the audio. Um, but from there, I kind of started experimenting and tried to do something a little more artistic. So I found um, the actual autopsies um, from like Antoine Rose and, and, and a couple other folks and um, went ahead and, um, uh, you know, played around with the, 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 uh, the negative, whatever the editing thing is, when you make the, a negative image, and, uh, inverse the image and that kind of thing to create that effect. And then, uh, said, hey, I like the way it felt over the titles. And uh, yeah, I mean, it worked. And then we found um, the audio recording in the beginning of um, Alton Sterling's wife um, explaining how hard it, it, it will be, you know, as a parent to feel like you can protect your child after her husband was, uh, you know, killed, murdered in, 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 in that fashion. And then the screaming after that uh, was the most recent case 
in uh, Philadelphia. Um, and the names, they all start running together, so I, I don't want to mix the name. But the recent case in Philadelphia, which was only about a month and a half ago, um, where police killed uh, a brother who, while the mother was screaming that he has mental health issues. Mm -hmm. So the parent is screaming things to the officer that I believe should have impacted the way the officer addressed that situation. Even did you use lethal force in that situation? What are you doing in that situation to change? Because this mother is screaming just as the DA is screaming at the end. You know, trying to screen these instructions to help the officers police in a way that preserves life. So that's kind of how that came about. Wow. Wow. You're talking about Walter, right? Walter Wallace. Was that in Pennsylvania? Was that Walter? In um in Philly, yeah. Philly, yeah. Yep. Wow. You know, I want to say uh from our from our people on these internets, I don't know why our connection is not happening to something that's happening. Um, but we have a lot of people checking in um, online that I'm looking at, like, like uh, Chantel, uh, Maurice, Matthew Chin had a question. Again, for our people that's on YouTube and Facebook, please send us your questions. Type them into the comments. We would love to ask any questions that you may have regarding uh, statements. We'll pop them up on the screen if they will come in. Something is happening that's not showing everything that we're going to get worked out. So Matthew Chen, who is a long time, uh, he comes to all of our shows. Hey, Matthew, how you doing, brother? He said, how did you end up choosing Catharsis as the title? Uh, I actually learned what the word meant uh, during the uh, the 2004 primary, or 2008 primary. Uh, against Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton and when she expressed that, you know, she felt like uh, her supporters, that you know, they were very angry at Barack and they were all sorts of like, you know, crazy things that they were saying. And she said, I felt like they needed a catharsis. So I was like, oh, that's an interesting word. So, you know, it kind of always stuck with me. And um, I had in my mind when I came up with the idea to do this film like years ago, you know, in you know, a very similar incarnation, but it was different. Um, I always knew that that would be the name of the film because that's exactly what it was. And you know, catharsis is literally um, like a release of of tension, something to relieve um, tension, anger before, as a means of it being a healthy moment uh, to prevent something more destructive from happening because the pressure is building and can explode into something dangerous. So um, that's how the, the title came up. Genia, uh, question. I know everyone have other questions. I got. I, I just want to get to one off them. You know, I know Emma got some things she want to say and everything. Uh, Genia, how did you prepare for this role? Uh, then, you know, uh, having to you know, embody this situation and everything that's going on today. What was your process about working with this? Well, uh, initially, it wasn't that difficult to have real life material right in front of my face um, because at the height of COVID, uh, you know, just, there's just, well, this film, it, it wasn't actually intended to necessarily reflect what was happening. So, you know, these are just stories that just go and situations and events that go on and on and on. So I had lots of material 
um, with real life events and people to draw from. I have spoken with a couple of mothers um, who've lost children. And I also have had my own experience uh, with regard to uh, police. Was it in St. Louis? Yes, it was. Ginny is another St. Louis uh, uh, 314 uh, show mistake. Yes, I'm uh, from the loop and I'm proud representing BK, right? <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, like, uh, yeah, I've had a couple of experiences in my life at, at, at home um, in Florissant or Creepore which is a different neighborhood where I live, but, you know, let my, let my boyfriend, you know, at the time come and visit me there and he'd go home late at night. It was um, pretty harrowing to say the least, unfortunately. So yeah, I had a lot of real life material to draw from and personal experiences and a couple of friends who had kids to talk to. Um, and it's crazy because it's like, why is that? Why is that um, material so easy to get your hands on? Why are situations that prevalent? Uh, we have a oh the, okay. Any, uh, Jamie, how did? Okay, well, I, was, I, have, I have so many questions. I'm gonna leave it up. Emma, <laughs> um, you have anything? Oh, yes. Um, you actually took my question. So I was like, oh, shoot. But um, <laughs> something, um, I want to point out her comment because I see the Facebook ones and they means she saw the other ones. But we have, she said, I would show this during DACLE training. She said, I would actually love to talk to you about that so we can make that connection, you know? Yes, yes. yes and um, my question to um, to all of the actors, we can actually start with, with uh, Jamie, is, wait, was this, I know this was released in December, but did you all film it last year? Yes. Okay, so my question is, how was it, how was it for the actors filming during COVID? How did you kind of prepare and like, you know, after that, how was that? You know, now it's like, oh shoot, I'm actually have to film during this new, thing that's happening. So how that would, how was that for you all as actors? So we actually filmed this before COVID. We filmed this December, 2019. I forget the date law. I think it was like December, what, 20 something. It was like four yeah. or five days before Christmas. Yeah. yeah. But we did actually have a couple of scenes um, during, well, I would say post uh, the height of COVID, but it was still like a heavy uh, compliance and you know, there was an officer and something happened and Law was banged it out and got his certification. So not only is he a writer, not only is he a director, he is also COVID certified. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's, we did the pickup shots during COVID. So yeah. Um, actually that was, I think, September. Um, yeah, September, October. October, it was October. October, okay, yeah, so. Um, because there were certain things that we had gotten. We shot this in two days, um, two, two evenings. Uh, so of course, you know, with a crew of five um, and the actors, you know, like, like major productions, you're gonna miss something. So there were a couple of things that we needed to connect the dots in order, in order to really like sell the film. And, you know, COVID meant that we couldn't do it 
And I know at one point I, I had hit my, you know, actors up, you know, because I'm an indie filmmaker. I'm like, let's grind it out. I'm like, hey, you know, it's May. COVID's been around for a couple months. It looks like things are getting better, right? Let's just go get together. Oh. And, <laughs> and mind uh, you, and mind you, I was still stuck out of town in yeah. Atlanta because <laughs> right. oh, wow. I could not get back home to New York after yeah. three months. Yeah, Costas and Jamie were, uh, you know, politely, uh, uh, maybe we should wait till after. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the questions I do have is for Costas, um, with you, wait, let's, uh, let's unmute you, but, but with you being a non-Black male and having to be a part of this story, how did you prepare and did you, did, have you ever been a part of any stories that dealt with, you know, police brutality and Black Lives Matter, or was this a first for you? Um, one of one of my fir first plays was a, a soldier story. And um, so that's the only comparable role um, uh, to this. And what was the other part of the question? Sorry. Oh, just how, um, like, how did you, how do you prepare for it uh, since it's, since you are not a black male? How did you prepare for this type of topic and being in this film? First question to myself was, why would this guy do that? Mm -hmm. The meaning, the DA, what would, what would supersede um, the humanity of his job? And the, and my answer was because he was ambitious for his family. So it, everything got pushed to the side. Um, and I looked at it from just a, a very single-minded person. Yeah. I didn't, you know, why this guy would do what he did. I didn't, I didn't think much bigger than that because ultimately it's one person mm -hmm. making a horrible decision and just, you know, for his own greater good, really. I mean, that's it. I love that. That is the the actor answer. And I'm over here like, ah, yes, I love it. <laughs> beautiful. Love. What did we shoot on? I mean, get a little technical. Right? What, what was it that you shot on? Was this beautifully shot? And I got to say, your shot selection really helped progress the story. There was nothing that was lagging. There was nothing that I felt like in Melander. It was really... Uh, Everything you chose served the story in a very, you know, intentional way. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, yeah. So, uh, shout outs to my DP, my long-standing DP, Mario Concepcion Jackson, Mario. a master. You. Um, shout out to the Garveyites because he would want me to kind of. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So um, we shot actually on a black mat, a black magic pocket cinema camera four, uh, and. I, uh, as soon as it came out, you know, like Mario is always the top, like, yeah, well, you know, we should look at, you know, try to get, you know, money, we'll get the C300, and I'm like, nah, I think Mario, you this good, I think we can get a Panasonic, AG, whatever, whatever, and you can do it. So I'm always like trying to push him to the limits on that. But I like to, I like underdog stuff. So, you know, everybody was, you know, kind of like looking at the cannons and things like that now. And, and uh, I forget what's the new big thing. Of course, the Red Dragon and, you know, Okimoto, those things. But 
I was like, nah, I like this camera and I can afford the camera. <laughs> so that was a big part of it. Like, what can I afford to not have to rent? I don't want to rent too much. I want to I want to see what we can own afterwards and continue to do more. So, yeah, we shot with the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema camera, um, the LED lights I have and China ball lanterns and practical lights. You know, um, you, you don't need much a lot of times, you know, especially right. when you have a location like you have to set in a house or in one room, you just, I, them China balls make things happen, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. especially, especially, here's an indie tip, my good people, the China balls make it happen, especially with people of color, because those, it just, it wraps around you so nice, so nice, yeah. and you yeah. can really get a good, even tone uh, and bring out your, you know, your, your, your people's performances. Um, yeah. yeah, and you had zip ties in it, and it was so funny that these, that, we, that these zip ties are such a uh, a point of this city. Jamie, did you want to say something? I thought I saw you. Oh, I, no, I was just remembering that night. And, uh, you know, the guys, I, you know, Lava was putting the zip ties on me. He's like, is this okay? I was like, no, it's it's fine. You can go tighter. It, it's right. And he was so careful and gentle, um, which I was so appreciative. But I was, I was, it just helped me with the performance. And they zip tied my ankles and my wrists. And it, it just helped me get into that world even more. Yeah, you were emoting. I saw tears coming down of the gags, and I was like, oh, she's in it. That is <laughs> <laughs> what's yeah, up. Yeah. And what we see now are the zip ties. It's kind of like a, a, a it, it's a pivotal point in this guy's case that broke into the Capitol, that insurrection that just happened in D.C., right? It's like, mm-hmm. y'all hear about what he said his, his, his reason was about the zip ties? I mean, you got to give it to him. You got to give it to him even for this one. He said he found them on the ground and he was holding them. He was holding them like that so he can give them to a police officer so they don't follow the wrong hands. Oh. Okay. That's okay. Yeah. That's digging deep. That's that's a, man, he went for it. That's the that, that's the power of privilege. You can, yes. you can go for it. Yes. Yeah. I need I need to go get my boots right now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have a question. Oh wait, what were we gonna say, Damien? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I know we were we're we are coming to the end of our short break. One of the questions that I want to have is uh, if. If for everybody to ask, what is one thing that you took away from this film that you kind of didn't have before? Or maybe what you want somebody else to take away from the film. <laughs> you know uh, what yeah. I know I gave a nice in-depth question. <laughs> we're, we're gonna start, we're gonna start with top of the line. Jamie, go for it. Yeah. Um, so for me, I'm uh, an actual mom of two, and that was like a huge entry point to this film. And uh, one of the cases before this that stuck out in my mind in preparation was as hard as it was looking at Eric Garner's case and putting myself in the situation of his mother and having to watch that. And unfortunately, we've seen that unfold many times over. So I guess from the way I went into this was certainly empathy, and I just hope others can watch this film and and take that with them and put themselves in the shoes of the Black community and understand that no one should have to watch a loved one go through what we've seen and, um, 
if everybody can do that, I think that that's the first step of like moving forward. Gina, you're up next. Yes. Yeah, so I would say I would really want people to just stop and along with piggybacking off what Jamie said with, with regard to empathy is to critically think about a couple of things, right? So not to go too far on a tangent with um, with everything that happened on the on the Capitol with an O, <laughs> the Capitol on Wednesday, right? And one cop was killed. Uh, there were at the time seventy five people that were arrested, right? The peaceful Black Lives Matter movement that started around you know May twenty ninth for however long. Uh, there were 375 people that were arrested. And so 75, I mean, excuse me, like 316, excuse me, 75 versus 316. People had no snacks, no weapons. People had zip ties, uh, tools where you could scale the wall, you know, things like that. And how it's portrayed in the news, how it's regarded by the the actual cops or you know or the government, why are there disparities and discrepancies between groups of people that do this kind of thing? And it goes all the way into you know flows down into situations like this. Why are there differences? Why is it not you know you know why is it why is there no sense of justice? equal justice across the board and just to think about it and you think about it and you're empathetic and don't just don't just say say something say something be inspired to say something when it don't it ain't right it don't look right it don't feel it does it doesn't seem right say something and then that i think will inspire solid action okay across the board i, I um that the, the main thing is just to piggyback what everybody said. It's just empathy. It's, and I think I said this before, it's somebody's, it's somebody's person who's being affected. And I, f I feel like that with um, what happened over the summer with uh, George Floyd, everybody was home and they had to see it. Like you couldn't go to the next thing because there was nowhere to go. So it's like, what? wow, like you had to look at it. And then, and then it, you know, it, it just kept happening, like it just kept happening. And overall, I mean, the capital was terrible, but hopefully we're now finally really moving in, in, in the right direction. I, I don't know. I just want people to say like, to see uh, empathy, see people as people, not, you know, because mm -hmm. I don't want to go on a tangent either, but I was so pissed and I talked to law about this. The, the capital was disgusting. Like these, these were terrorists. Like, where were the guns? Where, where were the cops beating people back? Like, fuck. You know what? And, and it's so interesting. Kind of, Jenny brought up part of a point that um, that he said like 316 people were arrested in the Black Lives Matter uh, protests of George Floyd, uh, uh, the confirmations, all those type of things. But also, you got those were on site arrests. They wrangled these people up on site, arrested them, and, sent, and, and, and took them off. Now, these 
people had the privilege of being able to leave out, go home, uh, deal with their families, and then possibly be brought, brought to justice. Possibly be brought to justice. You know, so it's it's such a stark difference, uh, such a difference to how they treat one group of people and the other group of people, which is disheartening. And I'm assuming that kind of that energy and that vein is why you wrote something like this law that really kind of addresses the disparity between uh, how a certain group is treated and another group is treated. Could you go into that a little more? With you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, <clears throat> to kind of like put like a little string through all of it. I, well, in talking with my DP, Mario, we always have these talks about, you know, the things, these sorts of killings that we see in the media. And the last film I did with my partners at Tyler Street Films, Jack and Tiffany, shout out to Jack Manning III and Tiffany L. Burgess, was called Flipped, where we also examined the, the in a way, the racial disparities in the way that we're treated and how would you feel, this empathy. And in that film, we, we were trying to take a, a, a very direct, but a very, um, I don't want to say a, a softer approach. We wanted it to be impactful, but it was like very smooth in the way that we, you know, at the end of that film, you come out saying, oh my goodness, yeah, that is that is how I would feel. Catharsis to me was more representative of what happens when the very nice way of saying things doesn't work, right? It's, a, it's more of an angry film. And it is in and of itself, it's, it's, it's a catharsis for me. And it's indicative of the conversations that I hear with my own ears. Black people have, I live in Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. So I'm talking especially with older Black Americans who have seen so much more than we have seen of this stuff. There's an anger that's building. And you will eventually create terrorists if you continue to treat a group of people and oppress them that way without providing them the justice that's supposed to you know be the vehicle for change and one of the things that's important about catharsis in light of the capital is people say oh my goodness police are shooting black people because they fear. They fear for their safety. No, they're shooting black people because they do not fear you. They fear the people at the Capitol because we see what happens when police fear people. They plead, they negotiate. This is on the Capitol. They step aside, they run, right? They move aside. They, they, they address you as sir. They deescalate which is what that all was, letting people in. They were de-escalating. That's what happens yes. when you fear. That group of white men is feared. Eric Garner is not feared. When they, uh, Antoine uh, Rose isn't feared. Alton Sterling isn't feared. Philando Castile, despite what that video shows, he wasn't feared. In fact, most of these things, interactions, and I've OD'd on a lot of these videos, is about respecting authority. They escalate situations when you don't fear me, you don't respect my authority, so this was a conversation about what happens when people are pushed to the brink and they have no recourse but to make you scared of them 
in whatever way they can. And, and, and very much in the vein of what American Skin, I think we're going to see in American Skin uh, by Nate Parker. Yes. And you know what's, what's really interesting? And again, technically, your short break, just to be on the, uh, your short break, your short break technically has ended. Your film has ended for the second time. So your short break has ended technically. So let's give it a hand around right there. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank yeah. you guys. Thank you guys we're, for the we're effort. Not, we're not done. I'll thank you, my brother, because we want to continue the conversation, but I just wanted to let you know. So our people at home that's watching, <laughs> time, a little time called overtime with a short break. I tell you right now, I'm a big fan of Bill Moore and his show, so I'm just going to completely rip this in jacket. <laughs> overtime with, uh, with a short break. Um, and it's kind of, yeah, what, what, what you're saying is, is so true. There's no fear there. And it was, and that, that's respect. And the lack of respect to me also. Yes. And then, so, and kind of a mix of conversations, it's, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to promote terrorism, right? Mm -hmm. So what we have to pay attention to, it's been pushing that way even more and more. Let, I know we want to forget about it and they make it a point that we don't hear about him anymore, but Chris Donor. Chris Donor was a man that was fed up with what was happening and took it in his own hands when he saw the injustice and his voice wasn't being heard. You know? Damien, the fact that you mentioned that, when I was saying these conversations, the first conversation I took note of was a conversation right after that happened. There's a, was an older black man, God rest his soul, his name was Juicy. He fixed cars on the block. You don't take your car to a mechanic. You take your car around a guy. Everybody, everybody know right, right. right, yeah. And he had to be old for me to call him, you know, Juicy. I ain't going to call Jerry old Juicy. Right. <laughs> but I'm sitting there while Juicy is changing the oil. And he always sat on the corner of McDonough and um, Thomas Boylan, where the work was done. There were a group of older black men and women who were always with him during the summer. And they would sit out there all day. And this was shortly after this happened. And they were talking about that Richard Donner case. Uh, and literally, they were like, yeah, I wish they got more of them. And you know? in unison, all of them say, yeah. And then I'm like, whoa. And then one of the black moms was there and she was she began to explain and then started tearing up like, yeah, because I remember I was in East New York and my son had just got shot. And we were in a, um, we were in a gas station and the police came and they pointed guns at us. And it was myself and my only son that's left. And the owner is telling them that it's not them, it's not them. And they would not listen. They just kept pointing the guns at my son and I just lost my baby. Like there's a context to the anger. It ain't just like, oh, we folks just mad. There's a context, like, you know what I mean? But that's the very specific conversation I was noting when I said I'm hearing the conversations that are coming out. And for a while, I didn't want I felt as a filmmaker, I didn't want to make a film that seems like it's endorsing that. But then after a while, I was like, it's irresponsible because as long as we don't make films, because we're scared that it may be perceived that, oh my goodness, they're endorsing that, then they're never going to know that people are talking this way and it's just going to happen in a flash. I'm like, no, no, now you need to know that people are in through art expressing to you what they're hearing on the ground. And now you have the ability to make judgment calls about how do you change and how do you shift that dynamic. So it, I think we did our responsibility as artists in making this sort of thing. One thousand percent. It was. It kind of brings me to uh, what you just said. Made me think about something that Lauren Hill said. Um, 
on her Unplugged album, she wanted to come out with a song called Rebel. And she said she held out, she held that song back for a while because it was right after the Abner Louiba situation. And she thought that if she put Rebel out at that time, it would have instigated more issues and more. And now I would love to ask Lauren, you know, if I had the chance to, do she think that that was the most responsible thing to do? Because you're just to the point of what you're saying, if you don't address it, and the way we supposed to address this through our art, because if it's not being these isolated issues, like we wouldn't have known about Trayvon Martin if the internet exists. You know, if no one, because that, that place was happening for a while, it picked up through Twitter and it picked up through things like there were people were bringing more, highlighting it more. But if, you, if there's no voice, it's a thousands Trayvon Martin. It's a thousand Mike Browns. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a thousand, and we, and we have to use our art as artists. There's a responsibility. I feel that there's a responsibility for us to portray the situations that's happening around us and the things that the, the, the people are going through. So I applaud you for that, brother, because that's what art is meant for. You know, to, to engage in life and challenge the status quo as well. You know, we all have a good time laughing, joking, action movies and boom like that and i like all those things even your gangster films i watched the wire it had a really good message but i was you know, snoop snoop and the wire and chris and marlo i was rooting for them i ain't glad i got what <laughs> you know so i mean you want if you can entertain yourself but we there's also a flip side of that coin that you have to represent as well and this is what you did with this film you know and we we definitely appreciate uh, you for that. Is there anything else anyone? No, I, you know, I kind of got the shivers, Damien, when you mentioned Mike Brown again, and I'll never forget that because um, we're from the Lou and we're proud. Three, one, four. So when when that happened, and I was working at, you know, I'm still at the cor my corporate job, and I remember when that happened. And I think I had an audition or something. And then I had to go into the office like we do to make the donuts. And I remember stepping foot into that office and the nature of my uh, my, my work. So there, there aren't that many black people and very, 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 very few if black women, mostly white, you know, white men, Asian, um, Indian men in the tech, you know, tech department. And I remember stepping foot in there after trying to just go about the day as normal. I stepped into that office and my supervisor at the time, uh, my VP, um, I took two steps getting to my desk and I just started bawling. And nobody knew what to say. You know, they just were kind of like, because they, you know, it was all over the news. People knew. And my supervisor, who, white man, said, you know, Jeannie, I can't say that I know, you know, I, I know how you feel, but I understand why you feel. And I'm so, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'll never forget that. And if we have that type of empathy, you know, for each other, I mean, we'll be in a better place. I mean, I'm getting a little teary now because I'm thinking about that. And it, it just, 
and I'm just like this white man, and he and he hugs me in front of the whole department. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's that kind of empathy and just taking a moment, you know, to consider what is happening and then and, and put yourself in the shoes and just, you know, say something. So I just when you mentioned it, I just had to share that. Yeah, very much so, you know, because I, I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that, too. Um, and it's funny. And speaking about and, and to like tie this in with that, it's like art helps out. But it also it can be like I still haven't seen a food bill station because it came out at the exact same time that the decision that the uh, that they didn't want to go to trial for the Mike Brown case. It was the same day that Mike, the the decision was handed down by the grand jury that they were not going to indict these, this officer that killed this young, this young boy, um, you know, unarmed black young teenager. um, And, and then this movie came out about, you know, the situation at Fruitville Station. And I just couldn't do it. I just could, I just, I I got traumatized by that. And I realized that I had slipped. Uh, my PTSD had just went crazy. I had slipped into a place where I couldn't watch any films that were of a heavy subject matter. And I love I love them. I'm a cinephile. I couldn't watch any you know, foreign films. I couldn't watch anything. I started watching animation movies. I started going to cartoons because I just, you know, I just couldn't. And it took a time for me to be able to get back to it. I really had to create this movie called Second this short film that addresses these type of things for me to be able to get back to my regular life. I had to express it through my art of to engage this situation because I had to show what I could. I had I had to fight back in some way, you know. And I think and I, and I, and and for me, my art is my strongest and sharpest weapon. Uh, I'm getting things, you know, putting out what I need to do so I can understand those. Uh, it's, it's, it's a um, it's an unfortunate situation, but these this is the world that we're in. I would love to hear any, any thoughts, uh, any closing thoughts from you, Jamie, or uh, Costas, anything you would like to add in to the conversation? Uh, Costas, I'll go, because I, I, I understand I'll pick both of you. Costas, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I was just, just going to say, um, I feel fortunate to be a part of a good story, I think, as an actor. You want to be a part of, you want to be a part of a greater whole, and you know I feel like catharsis gave me the opportunity. So thank you, Law. Um, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, why I do art, um, I think the biggest thing we can do is get someone to stop and think with what we do, and even better, maybe change their minds. And for me, that was a big hope um, in doing catharsis is hoping to change people's minds and make them stop and think um, so we can change for the better. So, uh, yeah, I was very grateful to be a part of this project. Um, And I hope, you know, and I was excited to share with my own community that is um, maybe not as diverse. um, and, And that was a a good vehicle um, that I had to get out a message to people that might not understand the situation. Um, so I was grateful to use my art to do that. Yeah, me, me, I just want to piggyback what Jamie says. Yeah, me too. It was really, um, 
the response I got from different communities were great. Like my wife works in advertising and went around all her company and her Slack and, you know, they they were raving about it. And then, you know, my kid, my uh, friends from back in New Jersey, some aren't liberal at all, but they watched the film. Like I know their political views and, you know, they all had positive things to say about it. So it's a seed in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't... I- I wanted to say too that I remember when we first were talking about it and he had the script and I think I was traveling or something and I had it and I was like, well, okay, I'll read it while I'm on the plane. And I don't know, it was something about like, okay, I'm reading scripts and we're like, okay, talking about it. (laughs) We just felt like we were doing something, right? And as I'm going through the script, I was like, oh boy, all right. Um, This is gonna ruffle some feathers this across the board, or at least, you know, be a P in the, under the mattress for some folks. Uh, yeah, and to see it on the page and then to see it now, it's just way more, just way cooler, gooder, gooder and gooder, <laughs> like, just way more than I, I saw it in its original state. And that's just because the life that everybody in the cast and crew breathed into that. And I just want to thank you all for letting me tag along with you (laughs) in in our journeys. Yes. Yeah, uh, uh, TJ from Facebook says, I agree about it being a seed in the right direction. And it's and, and, and it is and, and that's what again back to the beginning that's what art is a seed you know we you know it's something to help motivate engage you to take action to action about something you know it, it it's something to help progress this situation so um, with that being said we got to take some more action and we're going to wrap this out uh, again I want to say before we uh, leave out before you good people uh, leave the uh, the, the screen will say again we apologize for the technical issues that we had we didn't really don't know what happened it happened twice too not to get download the film because we have a we have a qc check before and it was yeah. working perfectly yeah. it was fine yeah. you know, no, I, I, no, that just no shows worries. resilience <laughs> tenacity no, no worries i mean i appreciate this platform i appreciate what you're doing uh to help voices like mine get out. It is tough, you know, we talked about that a little bit. Um, so having the opportunity to just be up here, the public opportunity to thank my my, my, my wonderful cast, shout out to Bobby De Jesus and Richard Lohlberg, who played uh, District Attorney Baez and uh, Richie Whalens. Um, Nick, the sound guy. Guys for, <laughs> yes, thank you guys. Yeah, to say, hey, yeah, hey, sound to kill you, Nick. Sorry, Nick. Yeah, thank you. Guys, always in a place the camera supposed to go. Yes, yes, yes. No, it all came together, and again, for bringing your authenticity, your talent, and thank you guys again for this platform. I really appreciate you both. Thank you. So dope. That Round of applause. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you guys. Close out the show. We can jump back down. We don't have to hop off right now, but we're going to pull you down so we can close out the show. We'll talk to you in just a second. All right. Let me go back. Uh, so, Emma, Emma, Emma. Yes. How you feel? Oh, good. Um, it was an amazing film. It was different. I wasn't expecting that in, and I'm so glad it wasn't, you know, like that 
typical movie as Law was saying, you know, promoting it, but it showed a different light. Mm -hmm. um, and it definitely gave a different point of view and I truly enjoyed it. And I know everybody who watched really enjoyed it um, with all the comments and everybody joining in. So I'm glad this conversation was amazing. And it started talking, we started talking about everything else in the world. So I love it. That's, that's what, that's, and that's what we're here for, we inspire. Um, yeah, it's this is a really dope conversation. Um, and that's what a short break's here for. You know, give platforms to filmmakers, um, storytellers uh, that that you know can can get the conversation going. You yeah. know, that type of thing. So we appreciate you, our good people, our uh, Facebook, YouTube um, uh, uh, audiences, and the people who are going to be watching this and listening to this on our what Emma podcast make sure y'all subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts we're up there um be be great be great check us out on uh, spotify uh search a short break and you'll see us you'll see us we're right there and then you can watch these episodes on youtube and on facebook and then we've got some cool things coming up uh next next week we're gonna have a filmmaker that we none of us have never heard of and have never seen or ever even heard this person's voice, Damien D. Smith's film. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm excited. I've never met him before, so I cannot wait to see what he brings. Yeah, we're going to highlight one of my shorts um, uh, about that. Uh, and we're going to have some of our cast and things together. So it's going to be fun. And then after that, we got our good brother, Gino Brooks, who's going to come in and do his thing. And we're going to uh, you know, circle back to some, some of our hot topic issues because Gino directed is, is a director writer on the new show that our good brother uh our good brother said and rome and risha who is putting this one together as well so we keep on pushing over here at the short break uh show highlighting showcasing independent films and, mo and mostly people of color peace my good people thank you